This podcast is for those of you who want to start or grow your business. You inhale everything you can about improving your mindset and may even have the action plan, but what's getting in your way every time? It's those damn human emotions. I'm Jessica Lee McKinley, life coach for millennial entrepreneurs and your host of the What's Happening podcast. Hello, hapsters. Welcome to episode 60. Can't even believe it. Although also can because I feel like I can't even remember life before podcasting. And uh, extra special because we have a very special guest on the podcast, special in so many ways. Um, But yes, we will introduce him in a quick second. Before that, you guys know what's up. We got to talk about the Hapster of the Week. Okay, Hapster of the Week this week is Francine. Francine Fayas Mereles. Francine is a jack of all trades, really, most known for being a financial advisor. She is also the owner of her own salon, Salon Provocativa. She is a real estate investor, an advocate for Latina women making money, and she's also a super mom. And like many first-generation Americans, she's a matriarch, an example of what's possible for her entire extended family. And when she first came to me, we met through a networking event, a virtual one that we were doing actually in quarantine. And I spoke and she was making the funniest face because she literally thought that I had like heard information about her beforehand and was talking specifically about her, which wasn't true. But she felt very much she could identify with a lot of the things that I was talking about. And we set up a mini session and the rest is history. But she came to me with a blue-collar work ethic, which is necessary. It's something that I require all of my clients of. Like, you're here, you're going to work hard, you're going to do the work. And a ton of talent. The things you can't teach, right? Very smart. But like many hapsters, she struggled with balance and time management and people-pleasing. You guys. (laughs) And Francine has really been applying the work that we do in coaching every week. But why is she hapster of the week this week? Because of her graduation until what I call phase three awareness. She can see her thoughts so much quicker now. And it's really fun to watch in our session. She sees her brain wanting as it's wanting to revert to deeply practiced habits. Those habits with her family, her clients, and with herself. And she's made a major decision this week to conclude a part of her business, a part of the many trades that she had started to do more out of obligation rather than intention. And when I asked her, who are you more loyal to? Who are you being more loyal to? Your past or your future? She chose future. So I'm so proud of you, Francine, and your ability to do the hard things and feel all the feels And also got to give her that major shout out because it is birthday week. So happy birthday, Francine. You deserve it. If you guys want to follow her, follow her on Instagram at Francine Fayas Mereles on Instagram. So that's Francine, F-A-L-L-A-S-M-E-Y-R-E-L-E-S. And uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you need your money sorted stat, you got to hire Francine. So, okay. Let us, without further ado, introduce our next guest. May I present to you my boyfriend, Mark Wino. Mark, I'm so glad to have you on the show. 
Yeah, finally. Thanks for the invitation. It feels like I've been in the other room hearing you record these things for, I guess, now 60 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so quite the honor to finally be uh, brought on to, to, talk, to talk with your wonderful hapsters. Yeah, you guys are up for such a treat. Really, Mark is more than my boyfriend, actually. Uh, when he first started out, he was one of those guys that I would bring on behind the scenes and not tell my early clients that we he was actually my boyfriend. I was just like, this is my pop-up CFO because he was doing a lot of spreadsheets for me in Excel and helping me kind of do some wealth projection and get a, a little of those systems in place before I actually had them, before I had all the clients that I have now and before I had the systems, some of which I actually teach my clients now. Um, so yeah, I wanted to bring you on because it's so funny. Every time like I glance to the right or the left of my screen, my clients are like, what meal is Mark about to bring you for lunch today? Because Mark is always, he's the cook in our house and he's always bringing me something delicious. In Because uh, if it weren't for him, I don't know that I would eat uh, at all. And so he's always serving me something delicious and my clients are like, hey, I want that. Can he come over and train my significant others to do this? So, but besides that, he really has been just such a um, influence on my business behind the scenes and also a really big supporter of me before I had all that evidence that I do now that, you know, this business is working and not only working, but that it's really fucking kick ass. So uh, I, I am so grateful to him and I wanted to have him on because my clients really do say all of the time, like they always comment that they need a mark or someone to give their significant other lessons in how to be the significant other of an entrepreneur. So needed to have you on. So I wanted to ask you first and foremost, well, first, let's just give you a little intro. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of what you do and, um, you know, what what has led you up into the point of your career that you're at right now? Sure. Yeah, no, of course. So uh, I started off, I uh, went to Sacred Heart University, finance major, uh, actually an accounting major. Uh, and then I got my MBA, played football at Sacred Heart. Uh, pretty much right after school, I, I got a full-time job at Diageo, which most people probably recognize the brands more than the name of the company. Um, alcohol brands like Kettle One, Captain Morgan, Johnny Walker, uh, to name a few. So uh, obviously being a, a young 20-something, quite the industry to be a part of for sure. Uh, lots of fun in the early days there and, and just got to bounce around and do a lot of different finance uh, discipline type roles um, from commercial finance, planning and forecasting, uh, a stint as an internal auditor to really understand the compliance world as well, um, did some cash ca accounting, and then ultimately after seven years there, decided to take an opportunity, uh, leave that company, go to some smaller alcohol brands uh, to try to help build out some strong teams there. And then ultimately just recently made the jump uh, into the uh, the, the long-time family business uh, of the pet relocation industry, um, helping them and, and trying to help drive future revenue streams and, and grow that business to the level that the leadership team and myself, who is an initial core investor, um, really sees as the future of the business. So uh, excited to, for that opportunity and to, and to see what comes of that business. 
Yeah, I love that because your dad is actually an entrepreneur, a longtime entrepreneur, uh, someone who has gone through many phases of business. And I think I wonder if that has played a role in your ability to kind of roll with the punches or kind of see the future potential of someone who did make it successfully both um you know within in terms of like having that uh that business that became his livelihood but also financially successful business so before mine was financially successful i'm wondering like did you have the thought because of your dad's experience you knew what was possible yeah i mean even just going back to my dad's experience i mean it's a trial and error business to be to be an entrepreneur and you know he'll be the first to admit that there were lots of examples of of businesses that he that he strove to to grow and and become successful and they just didn't pan out i remember being in the back of uh back of offices as he was giving uh accounting 101 training to to individuals trying to grow uh, that that small business um and then you know not not everything not everything pans out not everything is successful and i think that's probably more the lesson is that you know it takes failure to then grow um, and then seeing obviously the growth that that he was able to achieve uh, with this with this opportunity, this pet relocation business, uh, yeah, it really just opens up your eyes to what's possible. And and that if you if you have the drive and you have the the wherewithal to to understand what it takes and the effort and time that it that it that it really takes to to make something happen, I think anything's possible. That sounds like such a little thing what you just said, and we kind of glossed over it right in the beginning. But the fact that you said that it takes failure in order to be successful, my hapsters probably want to punch me in the face for the number of times I say that your capacity for success has to include your capacity for failure. And success is not the opposite of failure. It's just like an all-encompassing road trip. It's like not even the destination, but it's it's the the journey that is alongside failure after failure after failure. And I think just you being willing and open to understand that concept in itself, that just because, you know, there might be moments of failure doesn't mean we can't just take that one experience and use that experience to forecast the business as a whole. And I think that like I was so appreciative because most of the other people in my life like really didn't understand that concept beforehand of like there's success or there's failure and it's very black and white and in the entrepreneurial space i mean all of you guys listening you probably know that you know even if you're at a successful uh place financially right now you know that that was not always the case and that there were times where you were either in the red or you were paycheck to paycheck or you were just figuring it out and so um i think that that's so important for for anyone listening that's like making your significant other listen to this show i want you guys to all hear that because it is um it is a road it's not it's not something that you're just gonna immediately um have like a straight a straight journey up i mean you're an accounting guy so you're all for the graphs and whatnot and it definitely doesn't look like a straight line all the way up but um i did want to ask you like what your experience was because you've been uh you know we've been dating since earlier on in my coaching practice not like super early i'd been coaching in fitness coaching and transitioned to life coaching already but you um you were on when i only did have like two clients maybe three clients at a time and so you know what were your thoughts did you have some fears or emotions when especially when like financially i was not in a good place and how did you kind of 
uh, manage that on your own and not have it affect our me really yeah i mean listen i i've had the experiences of working in a corporate uh corporate environment so obviously there's a lot of structure there there's a lot of you know quote unquote discipline and rules and policies and things like that and and i'm learning i learned quickly that with with entrepreneurial uh, endeavors it's really chaos and you just have to like roll with the punches and understand that like every day is going to be different um and just because it was it was inconsistent with the experiences that I've had from like, oh yeah, from this time to this time, this is what I do and this is what the expectations are. You know, I'm, I'm, I have awareness enough to recognize that, you know, it's not gonna be exactly like corporate America because in talking to you, that's not what you want. You know, you didn't, you had corporate experience and, and that's not the type of uh, environment that you wanted to be a part of. You knew that you wanted to, to grow something from the bottom up. Um, and, you know, if you're gonna be somebody who's, who's going to talk the talk of wanting to support somebody and uh, support, support somebody in their dreams and in their, in their goals in life, the, the only way to really bring that to fruition is to, is to trust them and to, you know, even if it's something that I didn't necessarily get initially, I mean, you can be the first to attest to this. It took me a while to grasp a lot of the concepts that, that you're talking to your, uh, to your hapsers and to your clients about, but I'm, I'm there now. And uh, hearing it so much is really just um, you know, help me grow as an individual, but early on, sure. I mean, it's, it was certainly eye-opening to, to really kind of sit back and be like, wow, like your ability to, to roll with those punches, even though, um, you can give some examples, like give me an example of a time in the beginning where like there was something that you were like, whoa, how are you not freaked out or worried or concerned or crying or anything? Can you think of one? Uh, I mean, specifically, I, I can't, necessarily think of one specifically but i mean listen i i'm somebody who i look at my bank accounts and my investments and things you know every day i understand my financial um position at any given time um and not i realize quickly that not everybody's like that not everybody necessarily needs to understand and, and kind of have that plan for the future and, and like really be completely diligent in understanding of those things and like i think initially when i realized that like you didn't think about that you thought about investing now was the was the most important thing because just like planting a seed or, or going to the gym it takes time for it to mature and to materialize into something um i was never necessarily the person who would be willing to you know spend basically all of everything in my in my savings into myself because i had such confidence in myself to grow it it's like i was more of like oh steady paycheck okay cool like i understand what the income is on a monthly basis so then i can then appropriately plan it was difficult to initially kind of appreciate and feel and understand like how someone could even do that but then like you just made it happen and like you proved time and time again that the best investment you can make is the investment into yourself um, because at the end of the day that's all you can control is how you you show up yeah i i think that I want to clarify here for people who are like, oh, yeah, great. I don't look at my bank account. I'm an entrepreneur. That's great. I just close my eyes. It, that's not what he means either. What he means really is like he was looking at his savings and as his projection daily and like that growing. And I was really looking more at the numbers and my budget and understanding in terms of what I always say like it's you never have really a spending problem. It's an earnings problem. So I just said, okay, these are, this is the amount that I want to invest. This is the amount that I want to earn. These are the next steps that I need to take to continue to level up myself, level up my business. What do I need to earn in order to create that? I teach very specifically to all of my clients, um, you know, a budgeting 
process and we have a specific tool that we use and love. And I, I think that it's really important for you to know all of your numbers so you do know the best investment and so that you can instead of saying I can't afford it, be like, okay, when can I afford it? And when do I need to make X buy? Uh, but it is a totally different you know, mindset when you're thinking about making a big investment where you can't actually see the money like going into your future. You kind of can see the investment and you just understand conceptually that an investment is not a, the same as like buying a a shop or a couch or something, right? It's you're buying Ooh, you're buying something so that you can um you, you know, you're not you're buying um, the next level of yourself kind of. Um, and so, yeah, I do remember specifically if we're talking about examples, um, in COVID and being at a certain place where I had just started to, I bring on clients who were paying in full and I just started to get like more of a savings that I didn't really have and out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle. And then I wanted to spend $3,500 on a coach who I had just met two weeks prior. And you were like, what are you crazy? And I remember telling you and your gut was like, I don't know. I really like, I trust you, but my gut is not to do it. Do you need to do it? Like, could you just make up that money? And we've been having the same conversation recently also about another investment that I'm going to make that's, you know, more than what, like almost 10 times that. It's crazy. Um, well, a little uh, math, not much drugs, what, like eight times that. And I, uh, and your, your same thing is like, well, don't you think that you can kind of track to make the same amount without being in the um the mastermind and for those of you guys who have significant others that really just don't understand this concept of investments in yourself like investments that don't have a statistical return rate like that that really do return on you um like what advice do you have for them or or i i guess for me my advice is um that at the end of the day your significant other can believe in you the same way Mark believed in me and trusted me, but they're, they don't have the control and they don't have that. They can only believe in you. Their belief in you only goes so far. At the end of the day, what creates your results in your business is your belief. And when your partner is having a moment of doubt or a moment of what I like to call confusion because they can't see what you can see, this is your opportunity. That's like the most beautiful opportunity for you to level up and deepen your belief in yourself. I think about, you know, when my my dad and my uncles were all advising me that like fateful moment when I was crying and I just had, I was at my lowest point and just newly divorced and everyone is advising me to get a a stable nine to five quote unquote and right before the it was so funny because I probably would have gotten let go from that job with COVID had I done that route but I I just think wow like that was my opportunity to deepen my belief in myself and that is what got me the results that I've gotten over the last year so so like you can go back and just say like what was your experience ultimately and watching that play out from the moment that I was thinking about making that $3,500 investment and like how you saw it play out. Yeah, no, I think, you know, one thing that people 
often confuse is, you know, when you ask someone for their opinion or their, you know, advice or counsel in something, that if you don't take it, that you didn't listen to them or you didn't hear them, which I think is something to really, um, you know, really clarify and make sure that you understand. Because like, you know, she came to me and she asked me, you know, you asked me your, your opinion, my opinion and what I thought about it. And I expressed a little bit of concern initially and we talked through it and, and I, um, you know, play devil's advocate in situations like I tend to do and like you tend to do for me in, in a lot of, in a lot of situations, but ultimately you had the faith in yourself to, to make that action. And I think as a significant other who's, who's with somebody who is, you know, making these, these decisions and entrepreneurial mindset and things like that, you can't take it personally if if they seek your advice for something and they don't take your advice it's all it's all factoring into their ultimate decision and and they can still appreciate your your point of view on something and and take it in and, and you know absorb it and and use it to ultimately make their decision but just because the decision doesn't align with what you personally would have made at the end of the day it's it's their life and it's it's their it's their decision to make so i think the most important thing is just always be honest express your opinion um, don't don't hold back and just say what they want to say because ultimately that will come back to bite you. But at the end of the day, if, if they ultimately don't decide to go with your opinion and, and your advice, just don't take it personally because it's you know ultimately it's their decision. So. Yeah, I think that that's so interesting because we're not married, right? And I think that a lot of people will be like, oh, well, you guys don't understand. You're you're not married, but you know we live together. Um, we're in the same house with with my son, and you know we share a a life together and we partner in a life together and I think you know if even if we do get married one day I think that the foundation that we've built in the way that we partner with each other where we do have that independence um, you know you can have that in a marriage where you respect each other enough to understand that a partnership doesn't look like um, necessarily just meeting in the middle it doesn't always look like um, you know making every single decision completely together and aligning there are going to be sometimes if one person owns a business and the other person is not a part of that business where it's going to be the call like you cannot always be making the call based on what the other person who's not in the business is thinking right um which is why i always say of course it's like really important to seek counsel and not advice now mark is somewhere in the middle because he is kind of like counsel there's certain decisions that he helps me make when it comes to like systems and accounting and all of that that i really do think like he knows what he's talking about and he is counsel advice is when you're going to someone that you love and you're just asking their opinion but they don't really have the perspective or the um you know the experience to be able to give you what you need in order to get you to the place that you want to go so i usually just think about like the person that you're asking have they ever achieved the result that you're looking to achieve and if not just understand that most likely the way they're showing up is emotionally which this is what this podcast is about right it's biz it's uh business is not personal but it is emotional when you're making these decisions and when your partner is weighing in on these decisions it's because they love you and they want you to succeed right and in their most people's minds especially people who aren't entrepreneurs their thought is kind of like i want you to succeed which looks like i don't want you to fail and as an entrepreneur you need to have that like mark said earlier that 
wherewithal and that tenacity to be able to say, I might fail here and I'm still game. Like I'm okay with whatever outcome. I'm going to make this decision after we've weighed all of the pros and cons and I'm going to make this decision. I've listened to you. I've heard you. I'm going to make the one that's the best and I'm just going to have my own back, right? Like it might be emotional. It might not work out the first fight, but I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to keep going. So I just so appreciate how how level-headed you can be and and I think that's great advice for any other significant other to an entrepreneur of like don't take it personally if if the person's coming to you and talking to you about all this and then making a different decision. It's ultimately the person in charge of the business is the one that needs to be able to make those decisions. So Yeah, and and ultimately I'm sure at some point in your life, there will be something that you are really passionate about, not you, the significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to come really excited and gung-ho to your significant other and, and ask them what their thought is on them. Just think about how it would feel to get support in that moment and and confidence and, and excitement that, that what you want is something that, you know, even if it's not something that they understand, that they're willing to just kind of allow you to, to have that experience and, and do versus you know kind of you coming with that full level of excitement and it being met with just negativity and 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 whatnot so i think you know thinking about that as well i think is just really important because there's going to be times there's going to be times when when you have thoughts and you have passion that you want to express uh, and just think about how that would be how you would feel and if the shoes were reversed in those situations let's talk about quick about um the money part of it because uh, a lot of my listeners are just in the beginning where they're not making very much money at all and it can cause some stress or drama in a relationship when their significant other doesn't know what to expect. Where do you think like kind of the line is with setting expectations for, you know, I mean, we have bills that we pay together and I you have expectations for me and vice versa and there are times when I'm making way more money and there are times when I'm not I wasn't making as much and sometimes that would be one month to the next and it was really dramatic I do have an opinion about like there is a certain line where you have to hold yourself like accountable to you can't just be like well I'm an entrepreneur and if I make nothing this month tough like right what what um, advice do you have kind of for the significant other and for the hapsters themselves where how to take like personal accountability and versus also giving that like room for failure and leeway well from my vantage point from the couch when I hear you talking to a lot of your your clients I've I've heard and we've talked about it before the idea of having manuals um, about what your expectations are uh, for others in your life and I, I think this falls right into there if you have financial expectations if if for example if my expectation is that we split rent 50 50 right down the line right if i don't express that to you and and we don't have that conversation um and we're not aligned to that i really don't have any any grounds to to be upset or frustrated if one month you know to your point the the fluctuations in your in your intake um, make it so it's difficult one month, right? I think it's just open communication is is the most important thing. And if you have strong opinions and strong expectations, express them, because otherwise you're only you're only setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because the other thing is is that sometimes one of us does have a strong expectation, and we'll communicate it then with the other person, and then we get to say, okay, that's fine. I understand that that's your expectation, and I'm gonna do my best to meet that. 
what is our next plan B for if that doesn't happen, right? Because there are some months where, you know, we have a certain expectation and generally it's all good. I mean, if we're talking about money, right? If there's one month where let's say I have a investment that I really want to make, but it might mean I can only do it if, you know, we, we trade off and I am able to pay a little bit more the next month. I think we're only able to figure out those decisions and do them together on the over communication where we've already had that conversation, like you said, of the, of what is the expectation. And then if that expectation isn't met, what would, how would it look and what would you plan to do? Like, would I just be like, oh, sorry, I can't pay it and not tell you until the moment. And at what point am I communicating that? And I think just in general, right, the tip here is over communication. Like the second that you feel like you're not going to meet an expectation, like do the hard thing, feel the feel, like say, hey, listen, like, I don't know what's happening. And and I know some of my clients will say to me, well, I don't want to say that because then I'm speaking into reality. There is that other side of it where you have to kind of believe until the 11th hour and and really just like even if the math is not adding up. The way I like to think of it is express the data and then it just also believe that like, hey, here's what the data is showing. Just so you know, the data is showing that I'm not going to make it. I still believe that I am. We can talk about like the plan B or what's going to happen if if it doesn't align so that your significant other is not like, wow, you're living in a fantasy land, even though I do think sometimes though, you're allowed to have whatever thoughts you want. I mean, for me, it was essential. And I know Mark and I talked about this so much this year, especially when I was like, hey, like I am just believing that this is going to happen, that I'm going to pay 18K for the life coach school. And you're like, cool, cool. I'm looking at your reports and nothing in your history is showing me that you're going to be able to pay that. Like, how are you just going to just decide that now you're going to be, you know, doubling the number of clients that are coming in? And I was like, oh yeah, I just am. I'm not worried about it. And recently we've been talking about making really big financial decisions for our future, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, well, I expect that for sure I will be making a million dollars a year within the next five years. And there's the there's the math and we look at the reports and we talk about it, but then it just goes back to, it's just an earnings problem. Like, what do I need to do? And when you know that math and you're not just living in fantasy land and you are expressing the data and you're looking at it and then you're just staying neutral about it. You're like, okay, the math just needs to catch up. I just need, when I know what I need to do, I don't have drama on top of it of like, oh, and the math shows that it's not possible for me to do it. It's like, oh, I just need to make $18,000 next month. Like, okay, well, how many clients would that be? What would I need to do? And then I, you just set about doing it, right? So I think that's really fun for everybody to kind of hear. Like you communicate the numbers, you look at the numbers, you don't ignore it, but then you also kind of hold that belief until the end. Yeah, it's like my one of my favorite lines from the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which funnily enough, you were the one who introduced me to and had me read. Um, I, I might be paraphrasing, but essentially it's not, you know, the, the wrong question or the wrong statement is I can't do it. The right question is like, how can I do it? Right. It's, it's this thought of like, no, it's possible. You just, it may not be possible the way you're currently handling things and doing things right now. Um, but if it's something that you want, you have to actually stop and think and say, okay, what do I have to do differently to have to achieve that? Right. 
Yeah. So we talked about like how to handle your thoughts and your communication when when you're in those months where you're not making as much. What about for the men that really struggle during the months where there's significant other, especially if it's, you know, a heteronormative relationship or it's a man and a woman, the woman's not really making as much. And this is just a side hustle or a jobby. Right. And then all of a sudden they're making more than you. I mean, it's crazy to think, but like even this year alone, we've had a month or two where I've made in a month, like more than you. And it's, just doesn't you don't seem to have any thoughts about it but I wonder like did it ever kind of cross your mind I know we had talked about you know if we have a kid you're like in the future it was would it be something that would be interesting to you I mean this is a while ago uh that we talked about this but for you to you know be a stay-at-home dad or you know what would it look like for us if we had a kid because I don't plan on you know uh, going back to being a stay at home or even like a work from home mom that is taking care of uh, my kid during working hours. So kind of what what advice would you have? Or maybe you can even just share your thoughts because I don't think you do it consciously. It's just maybe your subconscious. So what what thoughts do you have about, um, you know, about someone who you had gotten used to a relationship where you're making more and you're you know, maybe paying for dinners more often and, and then having that experience where, you know, for some of you guys that are listening, you now consistently make more than your significant other. How how do you like hold that balance and deal with some of the, you know, maybe thoughts or comments from significant others like, oh, yeah, your wife wearing the pants or any of that? I mean, I know you don't experience that yet, but I would love to hear your take on it. I, I mean, it's 2021. The idea at least from my point of view, the idea that somebody can be like emasculated by by their significant other uh, making more money than them really is ridiculous. It's like, oh, who's wearing the pants in that relationship? It's like, well, she paid for the pants. So you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, and they're nice pants. So what's there to complain about? Uh, honestly, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute to me. I mean, if you're looking at your life as a kind of a collective, uh, as a collective unit, it's like now you just have, you know, more coins going into that collective unit. So uh, for you to for you to a you know achieve the collective goals that you want for you to be able to do the things that you've always wanted to do and I mean if you're somebody who who sort of sits there and says no I need to be the breadwinner it's like well we can take some of that pressure off of you and you can go enjoy you know we can enjoy doing other things if you don't have to have all this you know unnecessary intense pressure on yourself to be the person I mean it's such a antiquated kind of feeling uh, nowadays it just I, for me it just doesn't it doesn't make sense and. And I, you know, from the people that I'm close with, I don't, I don't think a lot of them are like that. You know, I, my inner circle feels like they would just be totally stoked if their significant other, um, you know, made more money, uh, or, or made, you know, more money or the Some same, of them whatever. Do, right? Yeah, of course. Are yeah, they? for sure. Yeah. I mean, it happens. So, um, you know, for me, it's just, that's a very outdated feeling, but I'm sure there's lots of people that do. And it's just like, I mean, the advice you can't, I mean, I can't give advice to change somebody's thought. I've learned that from you that I can't control people's other people's thoughts or feelings, but, um, I guess my thoughts and feelings are just, you know, excitement and, and, um, you know, future focused and, and grateful to be involved with someone who has ambitions, um, and who has the capability to financially earn, um, you know, on the flip side, if, if the, if the individual, you know, is for whatever reason, isn't able to, um, contribute and then you're taking on all this stress and, and overwhelmed with, with all of these responsibilities. Is that a more 
desirable experience to be in? I, I mean, I personally don't think so. I think if you're both able to contribute um, to your collective life, I think that that makes the most sense. And that's where um, the, the most successful relationships could, could live. Yeah, I think it's funny because just in general, it's it's easy if you're in the place that we were talking about where you're not quite, you know, they're consistently making those financial months and you're in the stress. You're like, oh, what a nice problem to have. But some of you are listening and you're in that thing where it's putting a strain on your marriage or you have to you're up, you're um, putting a ceiling on your earnings subconsciously. Maybe those of you listening because of your thoughts about not wanting to emasculate your significant other and apologies if you guys can hear the construction that is going on outside consistently in our building but we're we're doing our best uh but yeah as we're wrapping up while we have you i mean is there are there any high level uh financial tips that you have for any entrepreneurs i mean you've helped me so much but not that you're going to go into an excel spreadsheet but just some things that you think are really good for those people that are starting out or that have kind of scaled without systems and things that you think just every entrepreneur really should have especially in this relationship something that you can kind of show your uh significant other to help them kind of grasp or understand not just the things that are happening right now but then so that you can both understand the things that need to happen i think that that really is a key piece yeah i mean a a principle that my that my dad had sort of instilled in my brother uh, and I early early on was something very simple, just a little a little booklet, and you know when we would make five dollars a week for for our allowance or whatever whatever it ended up being, you have the you have the ins the financial ins, and then if you went out and bought some candy or some some playing cards, you have the financial outs, and you keep track of those things, right? I mean back in the day when people had to. Uh, when people were writing checks, you would balance your checkbook of what's outstanding, what's come in, you know, what's still expected to go out, what's remaining. I mean, for me, I, you know, did I do that my entire childhood all the way through college? No, but those those early principles of just kind of being cognizant of you know your earnings and your expenses. I mean, both play a, f- a factor in the equation of of your you know financial viability, and I think being conscious of both. Um, is important. So, you know, if, if I'm sitting here and you have, you know, you want to, I know Jess is really keen on, you know, raising entrepreneurs and things like that. I think that's a key element to that is kind of make them appreciate that the value of that dollar, right. And understand that, um, you know, when, when you get it in, like things cost money. And I see you doing it with, with Calvin now, you know, he'll say he wants something and you say, well, that costs money. Do you know where money comes from? And he just says, yeah, the bank. (laughs) And it's just like, well, well, yeah, that's true. But but where does the money from the bank come from? It's like, yeah, it's, you know, the ATM machine. It's, you know, it's there. So, um, you know, I think setting those principles early in, in, obviously, this is talking about your children, not your significant others. But I think, you know, that just principle of understanding um, the value of money and the where where your financial um, income is coming from and the expense you have, you know, that, again, is, is able to help you sort of paint the picture of, Look, like we th- we have the we have the ability for me to make this investment, you know. Now, obviously, if you show the ins and the outs, and you're you know in the red, it may be a little bit harder of a conversation. But um, but you know, you can prove to them that look, like we're doing good, we're doing well. You know, this is this is um, you know the time for us to take this risk. Um, you know, what do you think? So I don't know. For me, that was always something that stuck early on, and you know, nowadays it's something that I carry forward now and, and still do. So. Um, I think just having that mindset of, you know, understanding your position is is really important. Yeah. And this is where, again, our like different brains just 
come in and look at even those situations so just slightly differently because I mean you're like of course right when you can show your significant other that you have the capital to spend and it makes sense and you still have the appropriate amount for savings and you still have the but like what if you're like yeah when we make this investment we will have negative money like we have to take out a loan to make this investment but still I think for me when I'm making it I'm doing the math of the um, cost benefit analysis right so it's like if I don't invest in myself what are the chances that I'm going to be increasing my revenue truly like I think if I'm not leveling up in any way the forecast looks like what it looks like right whereas if I am investing myself even if I have to take out a loan or go into the red to do it what are and you can look at stats too like obviously do your due diligence before you just invest in anything like I'm about to invest in this 200k mastermind I've talked about a couple times on the podcast it's 25k but the stats and the people that are making it back is crazy and also it's got a money back guarantee also love one of those uh one of those investments but yeah so so just as a note right making sure that when you're communicating to your significant other what no matter what you have in the bank account you're communicating in a way where you are expressing the cost benefit analysis of investing in yourself versus not i mean people who invest in me most of them come to me and they have the thought that they cannot afford it and then what happens like we talk about okay what is your business can you afford not to do this right now right um and explaining that to the significant other who is in a scarcity mindset or has like an accountant's brain might not be able to compute so i think you know uh, you do a really good job of keeping your your belief high and your emotions neutral even when you can't understand is there any advice or tricks you have in that well, I guess, no, I was just going to say, I think it's it's good to have that sort of yin and yang of, you know, you, you like someone like you who's like really gung-ho about, you know, jumping in and doing these things. And then somebody like me who historically has had, you know, I sat back and to your, like you've said it before, like sort of level-headed and really think about, okay, does this make sense? Like, it's really important to have both of those because, you know, we always talk about playing devil's advocate, right? And I think for me, if I'm being too cautious about something and you're like, you know, take a risk. Like, are you really happy? You know, even talking about like this new job that I took, right? Like, I mean, I had a good trajectory at the job where I was and, you know, I felt like I was taking risk, but like, you know, I don't, when you actually took a step back and thought about it and, you know, talking to you, you've definitely expressed this as well. It's like, you know, is this, is this going to allow you to level up or do you feel like, you know, you've sort of gotten to that, you know, that place. So taking that risk and, you know, you prompting me and, and really challenging me to take that risk is something that, you know, again, the yin and the yang is really important to have. And, and, you know, while there may be some trepidations I have about, you know, you doing some of these investments early on, you know, you, you took that in and you heard that. And like I said, you just, you don't take it personally. And at the end of the day, like, it was your money. Like it was, you know, your investment behind it. But even if it is your collective money, like you, you've committed yourself to this person and, and to a life together. Um, so by disregarding or, or, you know, kind of putting their thoughts and dreams and, and, and feelings about something um, below your own about the situation, just, I don't know, there's no real trick. It's just like, I've just, I just can't imagine doing that. You know, I just, I feel like it's just important to have their back and they're going to have your back in situations. Um, and if it, if it fails, that's all part of the process. And if it works, then, you know, that's amazing. And you guys are in it together, you know? 
Yeah. And luckily, since we've been together, right? Like, I mean, certainly I've had some failures, but all the investments have just proven to be financially smart investments in myself and they've continued to help growing. So even if you feel like you're going to throw up, my final tip, right, is for the hapsters that are listening, the entrepreneurs themselves, invest in yourself. And when you have that belief, regardless of if you're listening and you're like, I don't have a significant other that's as supportive as Mark. I know sometimes it's like partially not helpful for you guys to hear him because he's so supportive and he just says all the right things. And I'm just so grateful for him. But even when I did not have the support of someone like Mark, even when, you know, I am talking to someone else in my life who I know equally loves me, but doesn't express or is not able to like have that same self-confidence or security um, in to support me verbally in the same way or like kind of maybe even does the opposite and is like, I really don't believe you should be doing this and this isn't whatever. You can still decide to give yourself that gift of that self-confidence yourself. Like it, it's not required that you have a significant other that says or does anything for you to have an amazing relationship with them and with yourself and with your business. Um, yeah. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much. I've been so grateful for your support from the beginning, started from the bottom, now we hear it. And, uh, I, I think for anyone listening, you know, um, I, I, like I said, it's not necessary, but the more you communicate, the more you're open, the more you think of each other as a, your partnership as a collective um, future, as a collective goal, um, then even making the decisions where you disagree and you're honoring your own thing, you know it's for the greater good of your collective future. I think it allows you to just stay neutral and show up in love and in gratitude and in optimism for for what you guys can create both separately and together and it's been so fun doing this thing with you yeah and my last thing is like we said you know even if even if the investment happens or the risk is taken and it doesn't work out you know there's no room for i told you so's there's no room for anything like that it's it's all about you know failure as part of the journey so uh, if you go into it needing a guarantee, um, you'll never get it or or it'll be a false guarantee. So that's not something that you want to strive for, you know, because um, ultimately everything, every risk you take is a risk for that reason. There's a chance that you'll fail. And, and if it fails, don't let that necessarily be the deciding factor in the future that you shouldn't do that again or you shouldn't try again because, um, you know, WD-40, you know that spray, WD-40? Do you know why it's called WD-40? 40 40 times. It it was the 40th, um, you know, batch, iteration iteration of it. Um, So, you know, they had to go go through it to to find what was perfect and what was right. So, um, you know, so it takes takes effort. It takes time. um, And failure is part of the journey. So just keep that in your mind. Look at you with a back pocket entrepreneurial story. I love that. Um, yeah, it's such a good point to end on, you guys. Like, your past is not an indicator of what's possible for your future. And when you, if it's easier to hold ourselves to that standard sometimes than it is for a significant other, because we have less control over what they're going to do and their results and their thoughts and their beliefs. And when you can just offer them your own thoughts and beliefs and feelings and, 
um, then decide in general that you're going to put it on yourself to create any of your own results that you want in your own life. I think that that's been such a fun part about being in a relationship with you is that like when you want something, you will ask me if I want to be a part of it. But if I'm not, you go after it yourself and vice versa. If I want something, I want you to be a part of it. We love doing things together. But if you're not, I'm doing it anyway, right? And we allow room for the other person to do it with us or to not. And we don't make that mean that we're not a good match or that, you know, it's a it's a problem, right? And so Yeah, like golf. <laughs> yeah, fuck golf. That's the, how we're gonna conclude this <laughs> this episode. Um yeah, so again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know uh, you know, it's it's a lot even to to schedule this in and I really appreciate it. Um, and for those of you guys who have questions for Mark, uh, DM, DM me, you know, screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me at what's happening W Jess. You can tag Mark as well. You could follow him over on Instagram. He's a video editing, hilarious human being. Um, so you can go check him out. His Instagram is Brooks Bueno, B-R-O-O-K-S-B-U-E-N-O. And, uh, and yeah, I would love, I would love to hear your feedback or your questions for us. And maybe we'll do a part two if there's enough of them. So everybody have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks.